Hello and welcome to my latest podcast. As usual, it consists essentially of the rantings of a grumpy old man with his tongue usually firmly embedded in his cheek and his brain left to have a lie in. I've recorded them in alphabetical order because it's cheaper than visiting a psychiatrist. This week, E is still for environmentalists because I've not finished with those cooks yet. Just consider this so-called hole in the ozone layer for a moment. How do we know it doesn't regularly get holes in it, then heal over again a hundred years later? We don't! 200 years from now, scientists will probably be scurrying people with stories of how the ozone layer is getting too thick and we're all going to die of vitamin D deficiency because the sun can't get through. They tell us that the hole's being made worse by greenhouse gases and we're on about composting our rotting vegetables because the methane in landfill sites is aggravating the hole. The more fanatical environmentalists even warn us about cow's farts. Now just think about this mindless nonsense for a second and see it for the sham it is. A hundred million years ago the planet was chock-a-block with dinosaurs roaming all over the place living largely on a vegetarian diet. Don't tell me that a fart from a brontosaurus is in any way comparable to that from an Aberdeen Angus. No bloody way! Their things were massive! Their farts could probably have launched a hot air balloon if you lined them up properly. One brontosaurus fart probably contained as much methane as the output from the average heifer for a whole year. And what about these decomposing vegetables in landfill site? Vegetables have been decomposing for millions of years! Where the bloody hell do you think all the carbon-based fuels you get so worked up about came from? And yet, did you ever hear Tyrannosaurus Rex wandering around worrying about global warming? Of course not! The smell, perhaps, but not the warming! Confront your average environmentalist with a debunking of the facts that they like to trot out every time they get the opportunity, and they have to fall back on the alleged moral argument. You can spot this one by the torrent of cliches. We're only custodians of the planet. We are tenants. We don't own the earth. We have an obligation to future generations. Another such drivel. Ye gods, if I'm only a tenant, why do I have to pay a whopping big stamp duty when I bought my property? The deeds say I own it. Send the bloody stamp duty bill to the great, great, great grandchildren of some environmentalist. Look, I can't possibly have a moral obligation to future generations. To have a moral obligation to something, that something must therefore have rights. To have rights, that thing must have certain attributes that makes it deserving of those rights. For example, no one in their right mind would suggest I have a moral obligation to unicorns. Why? Because they don't bloody exist, that's why. So they can't have the attributes necessary to have rights. Listen up, hippies. Future generations don't exist either. If they ever do, then they'll have rights. But until that time, they can't possibly have rights. A lamppost is more deserving of rights than anything that doesn't exist. Yes, even that postmodernist hideous ally monstrosity I mentioned back at sea. And don't tell me we know they'll exist at some point. Try telling a turkey on December the 24th it'll be fed the same time tomorrow. Rights are too important to water them down with assumptions and probabilities. One of the spin-offs from all this nonsense about ozone layers and non-existent kids and stuff has been that our local council has introduced a massive recycling scheme. We first heard about it when they issued about a zillion brochures justifying this rubbish and telling us our new obligations. That must have cost the earth about a thousand trees on its own. Still, hey-ho, this is political dogma we're dealing with here. Next, lo 
loads of bins started arriving. A black box for glass, paper, foil and God knows what else. A large brown bin for waste food. A small brown bin to adorn the kitchen to hold the waste food before transferring it to the large brown bin. And a big grey wheelie bin for other stuff. You can also have a green wheelie bin for garden waste, but you've got to buy that and pay extra for collection. Pay extra? Have you seen my council tax bill, you fascists? Oh yes, of course you have. You bloody sent it. The so-called justification for charging for garden rubbish was not everyone has a garden, so it would be unfair for everyone to pay for garden waste collection. Oh yeah, I've got news for you bozos. Not everyone has kids, but we all have to pay towards education. I'm considering crapping in the waste food bin in future. Will that mean I won't have sewage charges in future? Get real. Meanwhile, I'm spending half my life consulting a mountain of bloody paperwork every time I want to throw something out. Who the hell can remember what goes where? Cardboard doesn't go in a bin or a box. It has to be flattened and left next to the bins on collection day. Unless it's lined, like a milk carton and stuff, and then it goes in the grey wheelie bin. It's impossible to keep up. And to make matters worse, not all the bins are collected every week. Grey wheelie bins are only collected fortnightly. So when I'm not consulting the paperwork about which bin to use, I'm checking the calendar for which bin to put out. All this for future generations. No one has the time to shag anymore. There won't be any future generations. The paperwork also explained to people how there would be no problem of pests because the waste food bins lock. More news for you councillors. Not all pests are the size of rats. Four days after putting my first deposit into the brown bin, food I mean, not crap, I went to check. I unlocked it, opened it and presto. There was more white fluff on display than in a Swedish nudist colony. Worse still, with a 327,681 little flies swarming about, making a home for themselves. What a mess! Now I have to dress up especially to put the bloody rubbish out. I've bought a heavy-duty all-in-one jumpsuit, which I seal with duct tape at the wrists and ankles, a pair of welder's gloves and a deep-sea diver's helmet that I was fortunate enough to find at a car boot sale. I put this lot on, close the front door behind me and spray shaving foam round the edges to make my home pest-proof and only then do I risk opening the food bin. Meanwhile, my front lawn's died because it's covered in bins and cardboard and the whole area looks like a giant Lego set with coloured plastic lying everywhere. The bloody environment isn't worth saving anymore! That's it for this week. As always, you can check out the website at www.stevesider.com or email me at podcast at stevesider.com. If you've been offended, tough luck. Some of your views probably offend me too. If you want a rant, don't email me, start your own podcast. And if you enjoyed it, please tell your friends and come back and download a new episode each Friday. But remember to ask nurses permission before using the hospital computer. I'm Steve Sider, swifty and misanthrope and grumpy old man. Thanks for listening and goodbye.